Hello, fans of the beautiful game, and welcome to episode two of the DKB Footy Show. Wow, wow, wow. What a World Cup it has already turned out to be. We are just in the third day of the World Cup, and my God, I have not been disappointed at all. Actually, to be honest, I was a bit disappointed in the first um, two games, but after watching the Portugal-Spain game last night, wow. The World Cup has officially started, it's safe to say. And my man, Cristiano Ronaldo, the best player in the world? Well, I certainly think so. If there are any doubters, then I'm pretty sure yesterday would have changed your mind or at least swayed it a little tiny bit. But that being said, what a performance that was. What a game that was between Portugal and Spain. That 3-3 game basically opened up the world to the World Cup. That game was amazing. And it has just made me a lot more excited about the games that are coming up in the next few weeks. So, um, let me just have a recap a little bit of the of each game. And then we'll get to the games coming up tomorrow. And even today as well. Yeah. So, um, it all opened up in Russia versus Saudi Arabia. Um, I was actually expecting a tough match because I honestly don't think Russia is that good of a team. They've had better teams in the past. This this team is um, actually quite bang average. And you could tell that from the past results they'd had. Saudi Arabia, on the other hand, even though they've kind of been the whipping boys of the World Cup in the last few World Cups that they've been in, I expected um, a bit of a of a good game, a bit more competition, would I say. But wow, I was actually quite wrong because Russia absolutely decimated them. The five goals were all incredible. It was a pretty good opening match for the World Cup. The second game between um, Uruguay and Egypt, uh, that was a pretty dull affair, to be honest. I cannot believe that Salah did not even come on for even 20 minutes. Are you serious? Like... That is the biggest um, game that Egypt is going to have in that group. And judging from the way the two teams played, I believe that if Salah had come on, he would have actually made a difference because Egypt actually did play well and they did, did not deserve to lose. They just lacked that final pass in the final third. Time and time again, they always had excellent build-ups, but just that final pass was lacking. Either a cross, a through ball, just some good decision-making, it was lacking. If they had a player of Salah's quality, that would not have been so. Um, and then Uruguay. That was actually pretty disappointing. I expected a lot better from them, to be honest. Um, it's safe to say Diego Godin was by far their best player, and that's a centre-back. He was the one trying to create the um, to dictate the passes, to create um, attacking, um, good attacking positions, to link up with players... And he actually did quite well, but come on, he's a centre-back like Luis Suarez, Cavani. You guys had, just let me say, like, really, really shit games. You're, um, Suarez especially. I think this this is actually not um, just peculiar to the World Cup. I believe throughout the season, he has actually not looked himself. I don't know if it's his age that is catching up to him or he's just had a bad season. But wow, 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 that was a stinker from him. The number of opportunities he missed, 
there was even like with this chance in the first um I think the first five minutes where the um a loose ball was coming to him and all he needed to do was just get the ball on target, like pick a tight angle and score. And he got it off target. And I think the scoreboard actually um, put it up as 1-0. So they actually thought that he had scored as well. That's to tell you how bad that miss was. Um, but that being said, let's see the other um, games they have. I think that group, I actually don't know who's going to top that group right now. Because Uruguay didn't look as good as they usually are. And Russia... Being the host nations actually being the host nation actually has a good chance of topping this group. They've already got a five nil win. That's excellent for their goal aggregate. If they get a draw or even like a one nil win against Uruguay or Egypt, I think they would have already topped the group. So yeah, let's keep an eye out for that one. But all in all, I'd say that group is not the most exciting, to be honest. That's the weakest group in the whole World Cup, in my opinion. So let's move over to Group B. It was Morocco versus Iran. That actually started out as a very good game. Um, I, being from Africa, obviously, I was supporting uh, Morocco. And they came out flying in the first like 15 to 20 minutes. They were creating opportunities, making good passes. Um, basically, they had like excellent link-up play, excellent build-ups. And their coach, Herb Renard, I have a lot of respect for that guy. He has done a lot of good work in African football, and he continues to do so. Um, but I must say that after the first 15 to 20 minutes, the game totally changed, and Iran actually were the much better side. They were getting a lot of um, counter-attacking opportunities because Morocco would um, play with a high line, which left their defense exposed a lot of times. And that left um, Iran with a lot of opportunities to counter-attack. And they, even though they didn't score from most of those counter-attacking opportunities, in the second half, it was still more of the same. Egypt was quite... Um, Morocco, sorry, was quite poor. They came out basically with the same mentality. They seemed very tired, lackadaisical, lackluster. Iran had by far the best opportunities. And all in all, it was a pretty drab affair. And that goal, that own goal, just summed up the whole match, to be honest. That Moroccan guy's own goal was quite hilarious, to say the least. Um, and yet, it, it, it encapsulated a really poor performance, in, in, to be honest, from both teams. But yeah, Iran got the win. So let's see. The next game, though, Portugal versus Spain. Whew. My God. That was an absolute classic. That was, in my opinion, when the World Cup officially started. It started yesterday after that, um, during that match. 3-3. The whole, um, the whole storylines coming into the tournament. We had Spain um, firing their manager, um, Julian Lopetegui. Which I have, um, I have opinions about that. I don't think they should have sacked him, even though he accepted the job. Yes, fine. He probably was not professional in making it public, just a few days before the World Cup started. But come on, this is not the first time that has happened. Louis Van Gaal in twenty fourteen took the Manchester United job just before the World Cup. It didn't affect the World Cup performance. They still made it to the semi finals. Um, Antonio Conte in 2016 accepted the Chelsea job 
just before the Euros or during the Euros, I don't remember. But that did not affect their performance as well. In fact, they overachieved by reaching the quarterfinals and they had a pretty good performance against Spain. So I don't understand why Spain is feeling like oh, the, 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 like this high and mighty football association or because of their recent success. I mean, yeah, fine. Yes, they've been very good. But like to fire their manager or the coach just because he accepted a job offer before the World Cup started... I think they were putting their own chances of success in the World Cup in jeopardy by making that decision. So, yeah, that was this that storyline. So every all eyes were on them, wondering how the team was going to react after sacking after a managerial change just a day before the World Cup. And then we had Portugal on the other hand, European defending champions coming into the World Cup. Not really the highest expectations for them. Um, a lot of people were already writing Ronaldo out, saying that, um, in their opinion, Neymar and Messi were going to have better World Cups than, than Ronaldo. And then the craziest thing, he gets a suspended jail sentence just a few hours before kickoff. Like, wow. How much more pressure do you need to go into a game against Spain in the opening game of the World Cup for your country? But wow did he deliver it seems like every time ronaldo is being written off he always comes back and just proves his haters wrong basically he takes all that hate stuffs it in a ball and throws it into the mouth of his opposition and that is basically what he did that um first penalty i don't understand why there was some controversy around it in my opinion it was definitely a penalty um, Nacho left his leg out and obviously what's the striker going to do when a defender leaves his leg out in the 18-yard box? He's obviously going to make sure that there's contact and there was contact. There was not a dive. There was a clear penalty. He struck it well for the 1-0 lead but then, wow, Diego Costa. That equalizer was pretty amazing. They've been talking about how he's not so much of a good fit for Spain, how he doesn't really fit with their playing style. But he was definitely their the best match, sorry, the best um, player during that match. And yes, he took that goal very, very well. And then that second goal from Ronaldo. Huh. I'm a Manchester United fan, and honestly, it was painful to see De Gea make such a mistake, which I must say he would never, ever make in a Manchester United jersey. So yeah, um, De Gea, you can make all of your errors for Spain, that's fine, but just don't keep that away from the menu. We know, we know you're better than that. And it was painful to see that happen. But that being said, yeah, Ronaldo got the second goal, basically carrying his team. He was by far the best player on, on the Spanish team in the first half. Then um, not too long later, though, Diego Costa got his own second goal. And it was looking like it was going to be the Ronaldo and Costa show for the match. Both of them got their braces. Um, the Spain second goal came after a decent amount of pressure, to be honest. I think it was kind of a 50-50 match, but like after that 2-1, Spain was kind of edging it out. So it was, it was kind of justified for them to score their second goal. Then that third goal, that volley from Nacho. Wow, did he make up for that error um, by giving the penalty to Ronaldo? That was a very well-struck half volley. Um, very good technique very good goal to make it 3-2 and it was just the 60th minute and they had already scored five goals 
But definitely I knew and a lot of people knew that the game was far from over. So what happens though? When it's 20 minutes later, the game was quite tough. Um, both teams were creating some decent chances, but I think Spain was on the ascendancy, to be fair. But then a free kick was given in the last five minutes. Very dangerous position. Cometh the hour, cometh the man. Mr. Hattrick himself, his 51st career hat-trick. And what a free kick that was. No keeper in the world would have saved that would have saved that free kick. The technique, the accuracy, the placement, everything um everything that he did at that particular moment was just impressive. Wow. Ronaldo got his hat trick, his first hat trick in the World Cup, his best performance by far in a Portuguese jersey, in my opinion, and his best performance in the World Cup. And yeah, ended three three. So that's the World Cup so far. Today, um, what do we have? So we have France versus Australia. They're going to be kicking off in about an hour's time. I'm actually quite excited to see how France um, plays in this World Cup. They have by far the most exciting team, in my opinion, in terms of talent, depth, in all um, areas of the pitch from Keeper to defense, midfield, strikers, they are stacked with talent. Such young players, exciting players, Usman Dembele, Mbappe. We're going to see how Pogba is going to perform after after a pretty underwhelming end to the season with Manchester United after such a strong start. A lot of doubts around surrounding him. Antoine Griezmann, he just decided to um, commit his future to Atletico Madrid again which honestly, I really don't see why he wants to stay. I, I don't see what he can achieve by staying in that team. I'm not a Barcelona fan. I should do not like Barcelona at all. But in my opinion, that was the right move for him to make. It was a no-brainer. But yeah, he decided to stay. Let's see how he performs today. It's against Australia, though, so it's not going to be the toughest match. I expect it to be a comfortable victory for them. But... um. Let's see, you never know. It's a World Cup. They've got Tim Cahill. He's always the man for the big occasion. He has stepped up for them a lot of times in the past. Let's see what he does this time around. We've got Argentina versus Iceland. Ugh, group D. Let's see. Messi, a lot of eyes are going to be on him, especially after the performance Ronaldo had yesterday. Let's see if Messi's going to step up to the plate. Nothing less than a hat-trick is going to be expected from his own fans after what Ronaldo did. Uh, let's see how that goes. But that being said, I expect Argentina to win this game. Maybe not comfortably, but I think they'll edge it out. Maybe a 1-0, 2-0 or 2-1 kind of win versus Iceland. It's going to be their first World Cup, the smallest ever nation to make it to the World Cup. They had a very impressive Euro 2016. Let's see if they can carry that on to the World Cup. But I do not expect too much from them, to be honest, especially in this match. Then we've got the Super Eagles of Nigeria versus Croatia. My home nation, Nigeria, I am so excited for this match. I am really looking forward to it. I'm expecting a lot. I know we are underdogs. Um, um, Croatia has exceptional players, especially in the midfield with Modric, Rakitic, um, Kovacic, Brozovic. All these guys are 
very, very talented players. They would probably get into most other um, countries, starting 11s as well. So, yeah, this is a golden generation for Croatia. And they also have not really um, performed in the past few competitions they've been in. So let's see. This is probably the last competition that a lot of their players are going to um, play in. So let's see how it goes. I think it's going to be a very tough match, but I am hopeful. I am hopeful for my Super Eagles. We have a very young, very energetic, fearless team. We have the likes of Iwobi. We have the likes of Igalo, our captain, John Obi Mikel, Wilfred Ndidi. I don't know if he's going to be injured or he's fit for this match. Um, we'll, we'll see. We've also got um, Kelechi Ehenacho. Let's see how they go in Niger. I'm rooting for you. This is our time. Let us see what we can do. We need a very good performance to start off this World Cup on the right um, foot. So yeah, let's see how it goes. Um, I'm excited. I can't wait for the first match. That's France-Australia kicking off in an hour. I'm in Sydney, Australia, so it's going to be at 8 p.m. my time. So yeah, I'm excited. Let's see how the games turn out. But um, please, if you like any of my content, feel free to subscribe. Feel free to leave a comment. Um, this is just my second episode. I'm starting this podcast thing. I want to see how, um, where it takes me. It's very exciting to be able to speak about one of your passions in life, which is football. I love the beautiful game. I'm an avid football fan, and I love nothing more than just to talk about football and to get my opinions out. So please, if any of this is entertaining to you, subscribe, leave a comment, let me know what I can do to improve. Obviously, there's a lot of room for improvement for me, so let me know like what you think about this podcast. And yeah, that's the DKB Footy Show episode two. Stay tuned for more. Enjoy the World Cup, my friends. Bye-bye.